I've been thinking how I made art and words and creativity for nearly 30 years without an audience and I wonder how I did it because there's that old thing where people ask if there's no one left alive and you could make art would you still do it because you don't have an audience and it's 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 always a noble thing to say yeah of course I would but I think that's bullshit because art is is a form of connection it's a I only feel art is half complete because the audience needs to bring its own version of your artwork to it and it and it's like two piece two jigsaw pieces that fit together perfectly and each time that the audience will bring a different version of what they think it is to the piece a good piece of art almost isn't didactic and doesn't force feed the exact jigsaw piece that's needed that's why i love david lynch films yeah i really feel like Art needs is a two-way conversation. It's a it's a form of connection. In Eastern in Eastern philosophy, they talk about how we're all the same and we're all connected, and this the illusion of separateness. I feel you almost need an audience to create a more beautiful piece of art. Sure, a piece of art can work by itself just for you, and I've written stuff for a long time where it's just me. But for it to be able to connect, it almost becomes like like a blob of mercury blobbing around and blobbing onto another piece of mercury mercury. It becomes it becomes bigger. It becomes it becomes a, a big shared idea. And that's what I missed for thirty years, I guess, without really much of an audience. I made stuff here and there that would sometimes would get published. Back in the nineties and the two thousands I made a lot of zines, so they were sort of stuck together photocopy books, and that was a really beautiful way of making stuff and just chucking it out there with, with zero money, zero backing, no marketing, nothing. And it was weird because I watched people, cartoonists, because I was making a lot of cartoons at the time, and they'd get plum positions in newspapers and magazines, and they'd be making a living off it. I was a little bit jealous. It was a time when if someone had something, then it wasn't available for you. But now this is a time where you can have something and someone else can have something at the same time. Back then, 20 years ago, if someone had the space in a newspaper or a magazine, then, then that meant there were losers like lots and lots of losers because they had it so it was a, we a weird time but i guess it was kind of a proving process where some people had like pot plants to grow their creativity from where i was just growing my stuff from between the concrete cracks wherever i could and that's taught me so much over years and while at the time it was difficult now i'm really appreciative of that weird um, way I had to go around it but I, I guess it made me more resilient and just putting my stuff out there for a long time with no audience or little to no audience and I couldn't help it I had to do it like it was keeping me sane as cliche as that is it's just true I had to keep putting prioritizing making this stuff over um, a lot of my jobs, even though like I'd turn up to work and give give them what appeared to be a hundred percent of myself when I was really just giving them thirty percent so I could save my save my energy to make stuff at night. But I was laughing and and getting emotional about making all this stuff. It really felt like this it felt like breathing. It felt like I was making the world make sense. 
even if I was forcing myself, forcing my will on it to make sense, which isn't very zen. But it was hard making stuff for a long time without an audience while I watched other people just take off with these huge audiences. I, th I knew I had something that was worthy. I, I found it worthy and I could have been totally deluded as well. You just don't know because there's so many people who make stuff. But at the same time, while I thought I deserved an audience 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I, I, had, I, I did have a tiny audience and it was kind of... It was, it was weirdly validating when someone thought, oh, that's, that's really cool. Like the bedroom philosopher who's a comedian who was doing really well in the 2000s um, in terms of getting a lot of media traction. I found out 10, 15 years later, he had one of my little photocopied zines that he had in, my, in his toilet that he loved and read and thought it was hilarious. So you never know who's picking up your little um, handmade things and I yeah I contacted him years later asking him if he'd like to write a blurb for one of my first books of poetry and that's how I found out he had he had my thing from 20 years ago <laughs> I didn't know that um that's the weird magic of not non-social media that sort of organic weird shit that you made without a computer without an internet without websites and social media in a way I was just flying blind for 30 years and the only weird or any kind of feedback I got was biased, you know, from my brother. Oh, no, actually, he'd tell me if something was shit. <laughs> and he does. Um, or from rejection letters, which, yeah, that's kind of the cliched story. Everyone gets about 99% rejection letters. It has been weird seeing people who had these plum positions in magazines and and newspapers and were making a complete living out of it. They still are on some level, I think, um, but they took it for granted because you can see as soon as social media came along, they just didn't really care about it. They thought, oh, I'm or I already have an audience because the gatekeepers decided that I was the ant's pants and they haven't put any effort into social media. And, it, and it, you can see that. They just thought that they've, they've had it forever. They'd have that sort of recognition for forever. So it's odd seeing them now. They had disrespect for how things change so yeah it's it is a strange time too where people will make stuff and there's almost uh they feel it's their right their automatic right to have an audience and why can't i have that you've got it then i think to yeah 30 years of doing it myself of you know zero zero followers the social media wasn't even around as well and just finding out people later that like your stuff my stuff and yeah it's it's a weird time where people now especially younger generations will see oh how dare someone have that sort of a platform why can't i have that instantly and now and that's it's a weird generation because i wasn't i was brought up not expecting to have that at all except for you know there's people fighting over getting into the to a newspaper or a, or a magazine but yeah it's a strange time where there's that expectation of having things very instantly and now i look back and i'm thankful that i didn't have an audience with especially with social media coming along to help that out for 20 30 years because i was still even though i think my stuff was good back in the 2000s and even the late 90s i was still finding out how to say things and my voice and like i've said 
in other podcasts in my 20s i wrote comedy to understand the world in my 30s i wrote poetry to find my heart in the world and now i'm just sort of combining my love of essay comedy and poetry all into these weird rants and i i wasn't writing that until that's very recently and i'm almost glad that i had to wait for a long time like of course me 30 years ago wasn't wasn't happy about that but I'm, I'm glad now that I had to wait 30 years to find some kind of traction or some sort of audience because I've only feel like I've just come into myself in my late 40s and I'm probably, I'm sure I'll say that again when I'm in 10 years from now when I'm closer to 60. I can't believe I'm saying that, close to 60. I'm weirdly thankful for, the, for not having things instantly. And I just just plodded along for so long in the same direction, feeling lost through a desert and no no applause, no nothing, no laughter, um, just just hints of it here and there. And thinking, no, I'm, I've got something good. But that's the thing. I've also heard other people, other artists who are older than me and had a lot more success than me say, you don't know if you're good. And sometimes you might, you don't know until 30 years later, but you have to try that. You have to do it for a long time and then you'll find out if you're good or not. And you either wasted 30 years or you haven't. Also, I'm glad I found an audience at a much older um, age in life, nearly 50 so I found um, the older I get, the more my dreams make sense. And I feel like my writing got better when my sleeping dreams didn't feel so weird anymore. They, they make complete and utter sense. And then I'd wake up and I could see and write the world for what it was. But doing this for so long as well, I've, I've got so much momentum, 30 something plus years of momentum doing this. I'm just, I'm not gonna be able to stop. So that's what I'm doing. And I've noticed the people who had that immediate success um, and instant audience a long, long time ago before social media, they've kind of cut back on it. it. It's like it wasn't, it's not what kept them alive. They were doing it for the audience and they've stopped or don't do it as much because there's other things they want to do. And so, yeah, it's kind of given me a perspective on who really was in it for, for real or who was really in it because success, in inverted commas. Um, and I, that's been a really interesting vantage point. Just the 30, 40 years of seeing, witnessing all this, you get a sense of why and why, why not um, people do things or don't do things. And I, I find that really interesting. For a whole life, over 30 years, without an audience, I felt this impulse or this instinct. And the impulse and instinct is often sort of poo-pooed by most of society in favour of rationale and logic and level-headedness and planning. And I've had to follow this instinct and it's led me on a, a long path. And it's not necessarily better or worse, but I'm, I'm glad that I did. It's so funny how you hear it in people saying, oh, I just, I saved, I had to run into a burning house and, and get that person. I don't know why I did it. It's not that I was courageous, but I, I had no choice. And I'm not likening to myself walk, running, being courageous and running into a house burning on fire, but it feels similar, like it was a, a deep impulse and with or without an audience, I, I had to do it. I'm glad I did. I feel sane for the first time in a long time. Like, I feel like 30 years of doing this stupidness, in inverted commas, 
I feel I feel sane for it. And sorry for my scatterbrain today. I'm, I feel like I can't even form sentences like grammars. I'm struggling with just simple grammar. I've been driving. Um, I've been driving around a lot these last three days, so my brain's a bit shot. Oh yeah, I should mention. I'd love it if you left a review, the star rating thing on Spotify. It all helps.